Welcome to the Weekend Sports Buzz here on 96.1 FM, 1450 AM, WXVW. I'm Kelly Patrick alongside my partners in crime, Steve Driver, Les Abbott. How, how are you doing this morning, guys? I'm good, man. Thanks for having me. I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Plenty to talk about. As I was joking with a couple of my friends yesterday, we got through the dead period. We are now in the heart of college football season uh, after an exciting first week. We have plenty to talk about this morning. I want to encourage our listeners to give us a call, get in on the action. The Oxmoor Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram buzz line is 502-384-1450. No matter what the flavor is, if you're a local Louisville or Kentucky fan, even if you're an Indiana Hoosiers fan, you have some reason to be uh, optimistic after week one. Steve is a, a, a fan of the Ohio State Buckeyes. Les is a fan of Duke. We have plenty to talk about this morning. On top of that, we're a college football market, uh, a college athletics market here in the Louisville, Southern Indiana area. Um, we also have the NFL. So, I mean, we went from having to talk about MLB, which doesn't generate a ton of calls, um, but we got through that part of the season, of the sports season, and we are in the heart of pigskin. I hope at one point in our life, the sport of football is not extinct due to this this uh, concussion, all the advancements in the concussion studies, because this is an exciting time of year, Steve. Yeah, I mean, concussions and I guess a lot of people aren't watching because players are taking knees. It looks is like that a lot of people, though? View, I, viewership I don't, is down. Viewership is down, but what is the contributing factor to that? That is the question. I, I don't know that it's what – is, what is it, the entire Browns? Update our listeners. The entire – Something like 12 players. I'm not too positive. Okay. But it seems like one college football has remained constant, right? It's been the same. It's been popular. But fill fill our listeners in. What exactly are the Browns players protesting? Um, Just 12 players are due due to the racial uh, inequality or or, um, the issues that we're having in our country. Yes. And sparked by Colin Kaepernick. Correct me if I'm wrong, Les. Uh, approximately 12 Cleveland Browns players are refusing to stand for the national anthem. No, you're right. And uh, many other people, if you're on social media as I am, whether it be Facebook or Twitter, are vowing to boycott the NFL. I don't know how many other people it is, though. You know what I think a lot of it is? Is people are cutting cable. Okay. I mean, there's Netflix, Hulu, Amazon. Just smart TV. I lay in my bed at night when I when I'm yes. Tell us about that. When I'm uh, winding down for the day, and I just watch YouTube. I just say I want to see this type of press conference from the sporting event that I watched yesterday, or I want to watch this podcast or whatever it is. I have a smart TV in my room. I just watch whether it be Netflix or, but a lot of times it's just YouTube. That doesn't cost anything. I think more than anything, it's people cutting cable. Okay. Would you agree with me? Yeah. You're very smart. <laughs> I would agree. Yeah, uh, yes. I think in this day and age of many different many different avenues of uh, viewership, many different avenues of enjoying yourself from a, a sporting fan perspective or a fan of television shows. So if we veer off from the world of sports, yes, there's many different ways you can watch Hulu, Netflix, Amazon Prime. You can do this. You can do that. It also applies to sports. Yeah, absolutely. And cable's so expensive, isn't it? How much is a AT&T package if you want, like, HBO, Showtime, and all the sports channels? 
you're paying like a hundred and and especially compared to the alternative if what your goal is is to watch a little bit stay up to speed on what you find exciting like i said if you're if you're if you enjoy watching podcasts or watching uh interviews things like that different shows i mean there's yes. shows that are just unique to youtube that are very exciting you All encompassing. You have to get some football in there, you know. To some actual content, you mean? You need the local channels or something. But that's almost like a well. Back in the day, I used to watch ESPN for my news, for my sports news. That's almost like an old man take on it. Is you need to watch the ticker like we're doing right now. We have ESPN on here in the uh, studio. Uh, here in Jeffersonville, Indiana, and we're watching the ticker at the bottom. This is like we used to do it, Steve. I'm 34 years old. Steve, you're 30. 31. 31. Uh, this is like... like. Thanks. <laughs> what? I mean, the compliment. <laughs> that was very flattering that you're yeah. 30 instead of 30. Les, how old are you? I'm 23. I'll be 24 on Tuesday. Okay. He looks like he's 40, Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> um, girlfriend said 30 yesterday. So <laughs> did she? That's kind of not an improvement. So <laughs> it's okay. I mean, take it as a compliment. It means you're wise. You look wise. Yeah, very wise. <laughs> Your girlfriend said you look 30 yesterday, Les? Yep. Wow, okay. Well, Oxmoor Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ambuzz line is 502-384-1450. Louisville won yesterday. Kentucky won yesterday. Uh, there's a lot of reason to be happy in the Louisville Southern Indiana market if you're a Kentucky or a Louisville fan. There's also, we can start poking holes in this easily for both teams. Uh, Louisville was favored, I believe it was by 26 over Penn State. I'm sorry, over Purdue. Uh, at Lucas Oil Stadium in Indianapolis, and they weren't too far from from blowing that. They won by seven points. A Bobby Petrino quote that I've heard for years is, a one-point win is a uh, a butt-kicking, if you will. So regardless, if you're Bobby Petrino, you're happy with the win. It's a really cliche. A win is a win. That's basically a Bobby Petrino saying. Yes. I saw his, his son actually was quoted as, referencing it really yeah you and i both saw the game i'd say about nine things to be really disappointed oh my goodness and one thing to be happy about right what's the one thing to be happy about you have lamar jackson (laughs) yes lamar jackson had 485 yards of total offense if they were to award the heisman trophy after week one even if he didn't win it last year i think you gotta say he's right uh he might be the, the top guy this team needs to win a lot of games for sure certainly right. had they lost week one against purdue <laughs> neutral side field that would have been bad that would have been horrible and they weren't f- that far from doing it I, I mean how many fumbles did they have? how many how many mishaps on the offensive line H- how sloppy does this louisville team look that's what i'm saying he didn't even play a great game and he's he's still racked up those numbers you know um which is impressive, almost 500 yards total offense. But, dude, I think this team is badly coached, in my opinion. I know you're a huge Petrino fan. I'm a believer in Petrino. Yes, I am. On, the, on uh, Sundays, you give them back massages. You're just huge supporter. You do anything. You cut his grass. I do think he's a top 10, maybe top 12, something like that, coach out of anybody in the country. I do. I think he's going downhill, man, because you have Bobby Petrino all, is? The, all the false starts, the fumbles, the clock management at the end of the first half. I'm just – I think all those things can resort back to coaching. And I thought it was – When you have a center who's a freshman and you have many other variables on – let's keep in mind this is a team of amateurs. This is not an NFL team, right? A lot of these kids are 18, 19 years old. 
you're going to have some sloppiness. I don't care if you're talking about the greatest college football team ever assembled. Maybe in recent memory, that 2001 Miami team, or whoever you're talking about, one of the USC teams or Ohio State teams, or Alabama. Hell, I mean, Alabama this year, you watched that game at times last night, Steve. They didn't look that great, right? Yeah. That's the best team ever. And I'm exaggerating, but we, that may be the best, right? We don't know. This team. I'm, the, I'm this specific this team. team we, is the best team ever. We, we don't know. Right. We, but but they have the caliber of players and certainly uh, as great of a coaching staff as you can expect at this level. And they even they have sloppiness at times. But 16 penalties, Kelly, and, and you know you have a true freshman center. You, I mean, you have to expect some false starts, but work on it even more in the offseason. I agree. That, that was similar. A lot of the problems they had last night were similar to the sloppiness that we saw over the last three games of last season, which was not good. Keep in mind, Lamar Jackson only completed 48% of his pass over that passes over that three-game stretch. Uh, once again, the Oxmoor Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram buzz line is 502-384-1450. We're going to head to the buzz line now. We have our man Brian the Insider is on the line with us. How are you this morning, Brian? Good morning, gentlemen. How's everybody doing this morning? Doing great. How, how are you? Doing good. I, I like listening to the commentation of yesterday. I, I, I can't uh, I can't really argue much with Steve. Uh, you know, um, Robbie Bell, new center, redshirt freshman. But hey, that's no excuse. I mean, uh, a lot of mistakes. Thank goodness Louisville has Lamar. I mean, if, if made might have been Lamar's best game ever. I mean, look. I mean, he didn't have all the touchdowns and all the highlight reels. But, I mean, without Lamar, they lose the game last night for sure. Uh, Brom had his team ready to play, a lot less penalties, a lot more efficient, rotated two quarterbacks, which I kind of like seeing. I mean, I was kind of glad that the, uh, the first guy got benched for a while. He had a, he had a good arm. Louisville very lucky to get out of that game with a win, but they did get the win. And, uh, you know, so – but thank goodness for Lamar, you know – Talking about Ryan, or, I'm sorry, Kelly. You, you mentioned that it looked a little bit like the last three games last year. I, I agree. Um, the line did look better. The big guy had a couple of the false starts on the big true freshman. Nobody's going to get too upset with that. I mean, that's what you get when you put a true freshman in. The line did block a little better, but you know how many times did it look like we had no running backs in there? I mean, all year long I've been hearing about we got three good running backs: Malik Williams. You know, uh, Bonifant and uh, and uh, Jeremy Smith, and I seem like eighty percent of the time we had no running back behind Lamar. So I don't know if, if we're trying to establish a running game. It's kind of tough to do it when you don't have any running back back there. So wasn't Bobby's finest game, Coach, for sure. Uh, but thank goodness Louisville's got you know Lamar Jackson. Kentucky very similar. Very lucky to win their game. Very sloppy on Kentucky against. Uh, Southern Miss. Uh, so both teams got wins, uh, which is the most important thing. But, you know, look back to last uh, start of last season, Kentucky lost at home to Southern Miss so and still won seven games. So great win for Kentucky, great win for Louisville. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see how Brian or, uh, Jeff Brom does with uh, this Purdue team. But, boy, they look to be heading in the right direction, very well coached. And uh, – you know, Bobby better turn it up. I mean, uh, you know, Brom loves his team there, and, and we got a great coach in Bobby Petrino, but 
I would agree with Steve. It, it was not Bobby's finest hour, and a lot of improvement needs to be done. But uh, when you got the Heisman Trophy winner, that makes up for a lot of problems. It certainly does. Brian, you mentioned the lack of a running back presence. The bottom line is Lamar carried the ball for 21 rushing attempts yesterday, 107 yards. Reggie Bonifon was number two on the team. He only had six carries for 33 yards. Jeremy Smith, who we heard about, Brian, you mentioned it. We heard about him all through the offseason as this was going to be a breakout year for him. Five carries for eight yards. Yeah, disappointing, uh, the running game. But it, not so much those stats you read. It, the, the fact that they just shelved it. I mean, you know, the first series, they had running backs back there, and they looked like, hey, you know, this is the foot. And that didn't work. So that was pretty much the last we saw of it. Now, he did go back in the second half, and Bonifin got some carries. Bonifin looked very good, I thought. And uh, Malik Williams caught a couple nice passes out of the backfield. Good news, it doesn't look like the injury to Alexander is as bad as everyone might have thought. Um, they wouldn't disclose what it is. Looks like maybe a bad ankle, but it's not the career ender that it looked like or I feared when it happened. So uh, I thought the defense looked pretty good uh, considering how many new people are back there. The defensive backs, Trumaine Washington, well, defensively was the star of the game in my opinion, but uh, that was a real challenge. That was a much better team than Louisville thought and obviously Vegas thought, but uh, – you know, going back, a lot of teams kind of struggle. It's a, it, the NFL has four preseason games, and college doesn't have any. And that, and that kind of showed last night, showed the first half of the Buckeyes against Indiana. So a lot of rust I saw. The key is to win in advance that first week. But Louisville's not going to do very well against the power teams on their schedule if, uh, if they don't clean up a lot of the mistakes. And, and like Steve said, I mean, how many offsides and – uh, penalties. I mean, I thought I was watching the old Steve Crackdorf days. What was encouraging about yesterday's game, Brian, in my opinion, is the distribution uh, from Lamar Jackson in the passing game. I mean, looking at the receiving statistics, you have Jalen Smith with eight receptions, 117 yards. Dev Fitzpatrick with four receptions, 95 yards, a touchdown. I mean, it just goes on and on. He completed passes to one, two, three, four, five, six. Nine different receivers yesterday. So that, if anything, is a uh, remnant of the past from Bobby Petrino's previous eras with guys like Brian Brom or Stefan LaFours or even Chris Redman, where the passing game is what really dictates the success for this offense. Yeah, you're right. He spread it around great. And I think it was a much improved passing effort by Lamar, especially at crunch time, to save the game. Dez Fitzpatrick. You know, we've been waiting for to, to get to see this high-rated four-star out of Michigan for a while. Boy, he stepped up huge with some catches. Jalen Smith had a good game, but he put the ball on the turf, and uh, I don't think we saw much of him. But Des Fitzpatrick came through, and so did Samuel, number one, the little 5'7 scat back. He had some big plays, but Lamar had some big-time throws. For those that say Lamar can't throw and he's only a runner, Go back and watch the second half yesterday. I mean, he bailed the cards out with his arm and uh, still had 100 yards rushing. Uh, you know, he had almost 500 total yards and two touchdowns. But the two fumbles inside the five-yard line uh, in the first half, I mean, really tough to, to stomach. 
three fumbles as a team yesterday for the three lost fumbles for Louisville um, and a lot of sloppiness. Brian, as always, we appreciate your input. Before we let you go, anything else you want to chime in on? Gunrunner ran to great form in the Woodward Stakes yesterday, went off at 2-5, to five, had some extra weight on him, but he ran like secretariat. I tell you what, he really is an impressive. I, you know, I, We got a number one horse in the world. Arrogate's still a very good horse, but in my mind, Gunrunner's now the new horse. He'll be coming back to Churchill Downs and probably breed right, or, or train right up to the Breeders' Cup. But very excited, Woodward uh, gave me goosebumps to watch Gunrunner. Okay, great stuff as always. Thank you very much, Brian. Have a great rest of your weekend. Good stuff there. Good analysis, consistent with what we were saying. And always we appreciate Brian's update in the world of horse racing with Gunrunner there. No running game. And listen. They do have a running game. It's all on the shoulders of Lamar Jackson. We, we don't know how good Purdue's going to be. They were awful last year. I think they were second last against the run in the Big Ten last year. So, I mean, is that the offensive line? Is Purdue just that much better stopping the run? I thought Louisville kind of got lucky a couple times when um, Bonifin fumbled on the goal line. Oh, yes. They didn't have enough views for that one. But I think that if they did, which that happens often, you know, that happens quite a bit to where they don't have the right camera view. And it just, even though you think mm-hmm. it was probably a fumble before you scored. And that's okay. There's human error. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, whew, could you imagine that? Three fumbles on the on the one no that, that that's almost devastating so if you take into consideration that yes uh, as brian pointed out the nfl has four preseason games in okay. their pros okay. those guys are 30 years old these are 18 19 year old kids this was their first game of the season uh outside of playing themselves brahm is working with the same the same situation and right? it's much better I appeared think. to be a much better coached team yeah, more better prepared better coached um i don't know in my opinion, I think he Petrino got a little bit out coached there. I don't know if he's just not as good with the X's and O's, and he's just all offensive play calling. And but I don't know. It's you have North Carolina and then Clemson next. I, I hate to be um, negative, Nancy, at all. But over the past few weeks, correct me if I'm wrong. I have said I wasn't quite so sure about how excited the Louisville fan base was about this team. Yes, yeah. Uh, in that I would echo those sentiments with the, the emotion. I, I, I didn't know. Um, obviously, they won game one. They won week one. That's huge. they got to set their sights on next week. And, and if they continue to win, and let's be honest, they've got to win every game. If they, In my opinion, they've got, they've got to win every game if they want to make the college football playoff. There's a chance, I would say, if they lose one game, there's maybe a 5% chance they could make it. So, Do you think that's accurate for U of L? Is your excitement level the same as before the season even started after watching this game? Like, maybe, maybe slightly better. I really don't know. Maybe, I mean, to be honest with you, and I don't know how accurate this is among the Louisville fan base, but I would say my excitement level is maybe slightly better despite the sloppiness, despite the poor coaching, uh, the problems with the offensive line, the fumbles, and just the overall sloppy play of Louisville. I'm slightly more excited today than I was one week ago. Is this the same team as last year, or are they going to work these kinks out? That's probably what everybody's asking themselves. They have some morning. definitive kinks they need to work out as far as uh, you know things like the, the snap count and 
uh, the, not necessarily always offsides, but the entire offensive efficiency and the coaching, I think that's the type of thing you can address in the offseason, in the, 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 the week between this game and next week. The defense came up with some big plays when they needed them, right? They did. Interceptions. They did. Mm-hmm. Bonifon uh, almost took a punt to the house, which I, I enjoyed watching. The punter then laid him out. <laughs> Do you see that? Yeah. Uh, that's never fun. Uh, I want to remind our listeners, the Oxmoor Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram buzz line is 502-384-1450. Give us a call. Get in on the action. Uh, how was your weekend in the world of sports? we got an Ohio State fan, a Duke fan, a Louisville fan here in the house. Uh, we're going to head to the Oxmoor Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram buzz line now where we have an Indiana fan. We have the truth on the line with us. How are you this morning, Truth? How you doing, man? I ain't I ain't called y'all about a month. That's all right. I, I knew we'd hear back from you. Um, this is the time of the year where everybody gets in on the action. What are your thoughts on the opening week, weekend, or the opening week, because your Hoosiers played on Thursday, uh, for the college football? Overmatch. Overmatch. Oh, who's that? <laughs> Ohio State overmatched. Ohio State was overmatched by by Indiana. Yes, they was down. I'm telling you, they got talent. I'm telling you, Ohio State is big. I'm gonna tell you somebody surprised me yesterday. We got to give it up to Purdue. But I ain't never seen Purdue look that good, man. What do you think about them? You're right. Uh, Steve said it earlier. They look like a very finely tuned uh, team. And the coaching staff, which is a testament to the tree of Bobby Petrino almost. So in a way, you can almost uh, say that was a little bit different than what we're going to face the rest of the year. Uh, They knew the intricacies of Bobby Petrino and this Louisville team as well as anyone. I mean, you look up and down that staff. They have three Brahms on there. Enough said there. But you're right. They looked great. I've seen a lot of people post, whether it be on Twitter or Facebook, since the game yesterday and said, there, we've got it. Jeff Brom will be the next coach at U of L. You know, I said that last night. I said that last night. I said that he just uh, fan too when Bobby Petrino leave, he'd be the next U of L coach. Wouldn't that be beautiful? I'd be okay with it, but if you ask me, truth, I think Bobby's got many years left in him. I mean, he he's not an old man. Uh, but give him, I'll give Brian Brom four more years. All right, I'm gonna tell you what was the disappointment of the, the college football yesterday, Texas. Yep. Oh, my goodness. Not a good start to Tom Herman's uh, debut. Not a great debut for him at, at Texas that they lost to Maryland. Um, it's, those type of games are difficult. Uh, Maryland's got some good talent. They didn't look bad. I wouldn't be surprised if we see them creep into the top 25 at all. Obviously, Texas at 23 is probably out of there. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. I believe them and Florida State are the only top 25 teams to lose yesterday. We're Florida. Florida as well, right? Yeah, you're right. Yeah, Florida. Yeah, but they lost to it. But Florida uh, lost to a team I'm, ranked six spots above not, them, too. Yeah. I'm, that's what I was going to ask you about. What do you all think about Michigan uh, yesterday? Florida didn't have all their good players. They gave, what do you think about Florida? Nah, Florida you had think? 10 players sit out. Michigan lost almost their, their entire defense. But Florida, yeah. Florida had 11 yards rushing. I don't care if you have an entire offensive freshman. You need more than 11 yards rushing. I don't know if, I think that's Jim McElwain too, play calling. I mean, isn't he supposed to be yeah. a good play caller? Isn't that his specialty? Yeah, 
Yes, yes, yes. Yes, he supposed to be right. But I'll tell you who's – I'm going to tell you who got the best defense in the country, LSU. I'll put their defense against Miami any day, um, against Alabama any day. Have y'all seen them play? They had three of their top linebackers didn't play yesterday. And I don't think uh, BYU got over 100 yards. Yeah. All, all of Man, I mean, you know, I'll tell you what it would remind me of. You know, when Notre Dame had these seven front, you couldn't run against and stuff. That's who that defense remind me of. Wow. So the truth is calling it. LSU, would you say LSU has a, a strong chance at making the BCS playoff truth? Yeah. Here's what I'm uh, worrying about. We always knew uh, LSU had a great defense because I think they coach, the defense coach, I think he's the next to get a big uh, coaching job. And he's great. He put a lot of guys in the NFL the last LSU problem is they never had no offense. If they can get a halfway decent quarterback, they can give Alabama all they want. Yeah, it's always difficult, or it seems to be difficult uh, for a lot of those SEC teams to really develop an offense. Um, you even saw it yesterday with with uh, with Alabama. They have Scarborough and Hurt, and we thought that they they were returning, right, Steve? Yep. And we thought, wow, <laughs> we know Alabama's great on defense. But it looks like their offense is experienced and as potent as ever. But they didn't look that great yesterday, did they, Truth? No. Hey, let me throw one out. I'm going to leave y'all with this. Her team is overrated. USC. Yeah. USC is yeah. overrated. They got offense, but I'm not settled on their defense. Yeah, Western Michigan gave them all they can handle yesterday. And West, West Minnesota put up 31 points against USC. Come on. Truth, as always, as always, we appreciate your call. Thank you so much. Uh, we look forward to hearing from you next Sunday, Truth. Thank you. All right, right. Good stuff there from Truth. Good to hear yeah. back from him. He was right. It's been about a month since we heard from the Truth. As an Indiana Hoosiers fan, you can't be too disappointed. They almost knocked off oh, and, um, the Buckeyes. You heard Herb Street say, if you watch the game on the telecast, that this could be the best passing attack that Ohio State faces all year. They do have Oklahoma coming in next week, but man, they they have some receivers six four six five Cobb Senior and Lego or I don't know how you pronounce his last name, but he was money man. I'd trade him for J T Barrett straight up. They're looking to win seven or eight games this year. Um, I like that offensive coordinator a lot. It took a Ohio State an entire half to get settled in and adjusted, and you know Ohio State's. The best part of their team is their defensive line. That quarterback was getting the ball out of his hands in one to two seconds. Um, I was really impressed with Indiana. Would you rate Indiana's passing a game over Penn State? Because on the 28th, they, uh, the Penn State I know. I, I'm not too sure. I'm, I mean, Indiana doesn't have the rest of the team that Penn State has. Um, just strictly off passing attack. They, passing attack? Yeah, I'd say they're just as good. Really? I was like, because Penn State's got a lot of, like you mentioned, big uh, 6'3", 6'4", yeah. receivers. I, no body receivers. I know they, they um, had a big win yesterday, but I didn't get to see him very much. I Saquon Barkley, I guess, tore it up, right? But 14 carries for 172 yards. Yeah, I didn't get to watch much of that game. Um, that'll be a big – Ohio State hosts Maryland, Oklahoma, and Penn State, and they go to Michigan. I mean, that's a pretty tough schedule. I just got a tweet. Once again, at the Kelly Patrick, 
um, from the instigator. He says, how long before Louisville fans start to demand that Brom come back to coach after Purdue overachieves and Louisville once again fails to live up to the expectations? After Monday, it will be SEC 3 and the ACC 0. This is a new Twitter account I haven't seen before, but it's the instigator. Well, he's Appar- instigating. South Carolina <laughs> beat bad boy NC State. That was supposed to be legit this year, right? Um, ACC didn't have a great showing. I thought Florida State, look, their offense put them in some terrible positions. They had that terrible pass interference call on the goal line. But I thought their defense looked solid. I mean, I thought they kept Bama in check, for, but, you know. Well, yeah. You have terrible field position, and you always have your defense on the field. What else are you going to do? Year in, year out, it seems we always have reasons to think Alabama is going to turn into an offensive juggernaut. And <laughs> year in, year out, over the course of, what, 10 years, you know, however many years it's been that way, is their best success is just saying we have bigger, stronger guys up front. We're going to run the ball, and we're going to control the clock, and we're going to win the game. They're going to win the game. In a way, they didn't show that last night, though, because Florida State's front seven abused that offensive line early. But Hurts only completed like ten passes, right? Only True. Ten passes and had about You're, 117 yard, yards passing, I believe. I guess what I'm saying is is ugly football. So you're right. Uh, F, FSU did a good job with, with. You just can't have mistakes. You 96 can't, yards passing. Sorry. If you play Alabama, you can't turn the ball over. You know, you can't miss field goals. You can't get kicks blocked. Um. But to his main question, Kelly. To back to the instigator. Yes, um, I could see that. I could see Louisville fans wanting Jeff Brown a lot sooner than later. At what point do to the instigator, if he's listening or she? Um, at what point do Louisville fans say we're supposed to be in the BCS playoff? I mean, we generate all this revenue. We do this. We do that. Uh, Bobby Petrino's got all this momentum. He's hell. He's got a Heisman Trophy winner. Got returning players on offense and defense and talent everywhere you need it. But we need a, a BCS playoff appearance in order to be satisfied. At what point does that happen and they start calling for Bobby Petrino's head? Uh, it depends on who he's losing to, right? If he continues to lose to Kentucky. As much as I feel slightly more optimistic after week one, Let's be honest. That team we watched yesterday, Louisville, does not look like they're going to make the BCS playoffs. Am I wrong? It's just too early to talk about the playoff. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it's too early. I mean, we can always talk about it. Do you think, if you had to guess, you watched the, we both watched the game yesterday, Steve. Do you think this Louisville team's going to win out? No. Okay, that Purdue team, although very well coached and almost brilliantly coached, was really bad the year before. Yes. There's no reason to think they're that great. Les, am I wrong? No, I don't think you're wrong at all, personally. Um, so we can get excited about it. We can feel optimistic as much as we want. At what point will the expectations not meet the fan bases? It sounds like you're already ready for Jeff Brown. I'm not saying that I am. I'm, I'm saying that... that Bobby Petrino needs to, in my opinion, go 10-2 and two if he really wants to appease the fan base. But it's not that realistic this year. No, no. And if you go 10-2, and two, you're not making the BCS playoff. And if Brom starts killing at Purdue, he's going to get a bigger job. Oh, I mean, yeah. Maybe even bigger than the Louisville job. But I, I, I do think Purdue, exactly. I think Purdue's a, a really good job. I mean, if we're being realistic, I don't know how, how much better Louisville of a, of a job Louisville is than Purdue. Am I wrong? 
I mean, you're at a, in a big conference. You take in a lot of money. Who? Right? Purdue? Yeah. That's what I mean. Yeah. It's like when they had Drew Brees on last um, yesterday during the game and talked about all the great quarterbacks that have come uh, through Purdue, especially the ones from Texas. Yeah, I like that. I, I heard that. I mean, that's I mean, with Jeff Brom running the uh, with Jeff Brom coaching there. I mean, what's not to bring other quarterbacks to come in through Purdue and actually build some history there, I mean, build some tradition there in his tenure? You're right. So uh, I, I think now, uh, obviously, coming back to his alma mater may be a sentimental thing and stuff like that. But I don't think that that always happens that way, right? I mean, Jim Harbaugh went back to Michigan, sure. That's a little different. Michigan has won national championships, right? That, that's, that's, I shouldn't say a little different. That's a lot different. The powerhouse that is Michigan football playing in the big house compared to Louisville. On occasion, guys go back and coach their alma mater, though. It does happen. So we'll have to wait and see. This season's not over. I'm not writing Louisville off entirely. Uh, if week one was any indicator, this is going to be a long, difficult season, though. Yeah, and any time Petrino's name gets brought up to maybe he's almost done or he needs to leave, Jeff Brown will be the name that people mention. From this point forward, yes. Absolutely. Yes, I agree. And the entire Brom family, I mean, they're all from Louisville. They all have the connections and the recruiting ties. Now, uh, in Ohio and all across the country, uh, so Brom has really built him, I mean, independent of Petrino now. I mean, he, the fact that he's coaching Purdue um, is a hot commodity, in my opinion, among coaching circles all across the country. So has this team given you any more confidence? They go to North Carolina next week. Are you more confident in that than you were against Purdue? No. No, I, I feel good that Lamar Jackson is is playing well, and he threw the ball well, and like I said, he, he, he spread out the ball on offense to nine different receivers. He had 485 yards of total offense. That's encouraging any way you break it down. However, the sloppiness, the overall play of the team, have, I, I don't know. I have mixed emotions. You have really low expectations, not just for Louisville, but in life. <laughs> Look what you're wearing, Kelly. <laughs> What's wrong with my... Have some self-respect. With my um, my attire. What's wrong? I'm wearing a nice... My brother got me this for my birthday. Well, I've, I've, this never, is a liked Bengals, I've never liked your brother. <laughs> this is a Bengals... A Cincinnati Bengals... Uh, kind of like a hoodie, but it's lightweight. I think it's very fashionable. Yeah. I, we haven't even got to the NFL yet. I feel we very... Will, yeah, eventually feel we will. Very yeah. optimistic about the, the Cincinnati Bengals this season. Uh, despite the so-called experts in their projections. Yeah, a lot of big a lot of other big games across the country too after the break we're going to have to touch on Michigan beating up on Florida. Yes. USC not looking too great. They 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 did step on the gas at the end, but Texas Maryland Texas I thought was an extremely entertaining game. That was on early uh one of the better games to watch. But I heard all all preseason that Maryland was supposed to be really solid this year. Mhm. Um Got some big games coming up too. Oklahoma visits um, Ohio State. That's going to be a good one. What are your thoughts on Ohio? We're here in the Louisville, Southern Indiana market. Are you more optimistic right now about Ohio State or less? Because you struggled with Indiana, Steve. Yeah. I don't know if you missed that game or not. Ohio State did not look that great. Listen, I'll trade JC Barrett for by anybody. Anybody? Yes. I think the team around him is stacked. JT Barrett. Not so good. I think his record-breaking numbers are being a product of an Urban Meyer offense. He's got some guys sitting behind him that are just way better. Yes, and if you gave him a chance, I think that's one of Urban Meyer's biggest downfalls. Though he's loyal to 
loyal to players, you know, even if they shouldn't be starting, you know? I don't know. We're going to head to a break. Uh, on the other side, we, we will talk about Ohio State, uh, what we have on the docket for college football games for next season. I'm sorry, for next week. And also some NFL talk. Be sure to stay tuned. Steve, Les, and I will be back with more of the weekend sports buzz. Let me tell you, baby. Welcome back to the Weekend Sports Buzz here on 96.1 FM, 1450 AM, WXVW in the Louisville Southern Indiana market. Keep in mind, we are the only locally owned sports radio station in the market, in the area. That means we have one person to answer to, and that is our our boss, Dugan Ryan, the owner of 1450, 96.1. We get to talk about whatever we want to. Yeah, he's not here right now. He's not. We could literally say anything. (laughs) We could say whatever we want. No real uh, regulate, you know, no real, uh, he doesn't tell us you need to talk about this, you need to talk about that. That's why we get to talk about uh, different topics like combat sports on occasion or whatever it is. Right now, we're in the heart of college football season. So we would be insane not to talk about college football. Um, if you have any insight or any comments you want to get in on the show this morning, please feel free to give us a call. Oxmore Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram buzz line is 502 502- 384-1450. The big game, in my opinion, yesterday was Tom Herman going from Houston to Texas, uh, facing off against Maryland. They lost to Maryland, 51-41 in Austin, Texas. Maryland sophomore quarterback uh, had two touchdowns, had a big performance late in the third quarter. He had a knee injury, left. Freshman quarterback came in. and led Maryland to the big win. Obviously, Kentucky beat Southern Miss 24-17 to in Mississippi. Quarterback Steven Johnson was 11 for 20, 176 yards, one touchdown. Uh, I mean, there's some bright spots for the, the Kentucky football team. Uh, junior tight end uh, C.J. Conrad had three receptions for 97 yards and one touchdown. As recent as a few weeks ago, there were reports that he was getting a lot of attention from NFL teams. Yeah, I watched some of the game, and some diehard UK fans were telling me that he's really legit. Honestly, no, I don't pay too much attention to UK football. That's okay. Less and any intrigue there for Kentucky? Uh-huh. If it's any, if it if it's any indicator, they started out last season against Southern Miss with the most disappointing. Remember last year at this t- this yeah. exact show last year, I came on the air and was mocking Mark Stoops. I said he was the biggest joke in the world and that I thought I could kick his ass. You did. I did. At least they won this year. Less? Yes, but it was a very sloppy win at that. And I think uh Johnson, he also had an, two, I think two more fumbles in this game too. Fumbles have been a, like a reoccurring issue for him going back to last season and they I just think they have to they have to tighten up a lot, but hey, so do a lot of teams. So I mean, it's, it's you can't judge too much on the first week. So, 
that seems to be the recurring theme of the show is whether it be FSU or Alabama, uh, truth is right, uh, LSU looks great. Yes. They look really crisp. They're ranked 13th. Well, it'll be very interesting. If you guys remember over the past, and obviously you do, past couple years, this this BCS playoff selection committee, obviously it's not starting this week. I think it starts after, like, what, week eight? Or something like that. Something like that. So we've got quite – or no, not after week eight. It's more like week six, a little bit earlier than that. But they start to have this selection committee show, um, and everybody's engaged. If Louisville continues to win, starting out the season ranked 16th, right? Okay. If they they beat North Carolina next week, you got to be thinking Louisville fans are going to be staking claim to deserving a spot in that playoff. I like how you were all down on Louisville before the season started. Now you're already talking playoff. I'm not saying that they deserve a playoff shot or, or necessarily consideration. I'm saying if things unfold in a certain way, which they beat North Carolina next week. Then they have Clemson after that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay, Clemson Clemson plays Auburn this next week. What, yep. if, what if they have a big, a big uh, win? Big win, and then they're just kind of viewing Louisville like, you know, eh, it's Louisville. We'll take care of them. Next Saturday, September 9th, Louisville goes at University of North Carolina. The following Saturday, September 16th, at home against Clemson. After that, a cupcake. I say a cupcake. You never know. Uh, against Kent State here at Papa John's Cardinal Stadium. And then at North Carolina State on October 5th. At home against Boston College on October 14th. Then go to, at FSU. <laughs> <laughs> well, Francois got I hurt. I, that's true. Les, what's the status on Francois? No, I'm looking it up right now. I don't. I haven't heard anything yet, but um, there's supposed to be an MRI on Monday, so that's the, that's the latest I've heard. So, and it looked pretty bad, right? It. I it mean, did, he couldn't put any weight on it at all. That's, yeah. It did not look good, but also Jair Alexander's injury didn't look good, and and words word back is he. They got some good news on the sideline, so hopefully Jair Alexander will be back. Don't you think it's kind of weird they have that tent on the sideline where it's just all enclosed, like somebody gets hurt, you take him in there. Like they could go in there and chop his leg off for or, all we know. Or and just inject him with a bunch of painkillers. Oh, okay. <laughs> like it's Varsity Blues or something. Les, do you think that happens? Um, I think there would be a lot of lawsuits if that happened. It happens all the time. You think? <laughs> yeah. What do they inject with him? Testosterone? What I would want is just an insane amount of testosterone just to be injected right in him. So he jumps out of there and he just runs out like a lunatic ready to play football. So kind of some... like uh, Varsity Blues, Varsity Blues action. Yeah. Yes. That's just, yep. And then, you know, something to where you can't feel your broken leg, obviously. Right? Yes. I mean, you could get all the testosterone in the world. You're still going to feel that pain. So what are you saying? A painkiller? Yes. <laughs> For me, testosterone and steroids are not quite as mischievous or, or uh, bad as a bunch of painkillers. So if you spin it that way, to me, that just seems way worse. Yeah. I, the testosterone thing sounds great. <laughs> you just set him, you know, shoot him with something like what Kobe Bryant takes, you know, uh, some HGH or something, some, some hormone that's just going to kind of make him feel way better and ready to kick some ass out on the football field. In my opinion... What perc- what percentage of athletes in your mind right now? I wonder if it's a lot easier for college athletes to do that kind of stuff than pro. As far as the testing, yeah, I would think so. Les, do you have any thoughts? 
Um, from my understanding, they're only tested once a year <laughs> for any type of drugs. That's what I'm. Like, from my we just we should just trust that they don't use performance enhancing drugs, though. I mean, they're right. They're no. They're noble, good. Yeah, they're they're playing for their education. You know, they're not making any money. When they get to the NFL, they don't have any off the field issues, so we know that's clear. They they play school. They don't play football. <laughs> they're it's athletes only, first. It's I'm the sorry, most, they're they're students first. It's the most innocent sport. I mean, it's college. <laughs> In those college football coaches, super warm and fuzzy guys. They don't put any pressure on them. Or very minimal pressure on them. They're like, go out, do your best. If you can do, if you can play good today, good for you. If you can't, we're still going to have a good night tonight. Just take it easy. Relax. Positive energy. That's what the coaches, do you see that bald guy, the defensive coordinator for, uh, I forget his name, for Purdue yesterday. Just one of the more intense looking humans you can imagine. I mean, football coaches are a rare breed of crazy, crazy maniacs. And Bobby Petrino's right at the top of that. Uh, Nick Saban's right up there. Urban Meyer's right up there. They're all up there. Yeah. If you're going to be a good coach, you are not a nice guy in football. Butch Jones is, is all about the moral victory, though. Hey, you guys lost today, but you won in your hearts. Yeah. <laughs> you're being sarcastic. Yeah. Yes. He no. does say that kind of stuff, though. Does, yeah, does he? Yeah, okay. I swear he does. But his body, his body language says otherwise. Yeah. He he's a lunatic. He gets hot, yeah. Yeah, he's, he's physically, he looks like he could kick some ass. Yeah. Um, in your eyes, how many people are juicing though? Percentage? Ah, very high, in my opinion. That's a whole different topic, whole different can of worms. We didn't have to go there. Eighty-five percent are using something. <laughs> yeah, in my opinion, I would be, and I would argue with anybody who would say they wouldn't be. If everybody else is using something, I mean, hell, John Jones know he's being knows he's being tested by USADA. USADA, United States Anti-Doping Agency, the most strict. Most similar to the Olympic drug testing that there is. And his, he has some strategy where, well, I'll just use this steroid from the 60s that doesn't show up in a blood test anymore because it's so outdated. That's his, and it, they still catch that through the urine. But no, I, I don't think college football players are subject to anywhere near as stringent of testing as, say, UFC fighters. Uh, yeah. what, what USADA puts them through. That's my opinion. And you're but so that, banged up all the time, you know. Some of that stuff helps you recover from injuries. Whole different topic, but, you know, uh, uh, Kentucky football, as I said last year, they lost their opening day game yes. uh, against Southern Miss. They, they went on to actually have a good season. They did. They, they had a very impressive season. Uh, they, they try to keep the ball rolling at Commonwealth Stadium uh, this upcoming Saturday, September 9th against Eastern Kentucky University. You know, in recent years, there's been a little bit of hostility between those two schools. Yes. Remind our listeners, Steve. In, in Eastern, just lost to um, Western Kentucky um, yesterday. So it should be a, a – they should win this game pretty it, pretty handedly. Les, how long ago was that that there was a bar fight involving uh, Eastern? If you could look that up, please. There, there was a significant – I remember maybe Patrick – no, not Patrick Tolles. Who was the other quarterback? Drew Barker? I think Drew Barker was a part of it. um, Somebody was a part of it, but there was a a bar fight in Richmond, I think, between some Kentucky players. Keep in mind, Richmond and Lexington are how far apart, Steve? Half hour. Half hour. So, I mean, very close. A lot of – my brother went to Eastern Kentucky for a while while actually living in Lexington. It's right there. If you want to have a job, a lot of times it's easier to work in Lexington, right? Yes. You went four years at at Eastern. I worked in Lexington, yes. You did? Okay. Where'd you work at? Uh, at the mall in Lexington. Yep. It it was April fourteenth of two thousand fifteen. Okay. 
And does it does the article you're looking at reference any specific players? Drew Barker. Drew Barker, yes. <laughs> Steve was right. So there's been some hostility between these two uh, uh, teams in recent years. I don't think Kentucky's going to lose at Commonwealth against the Colonels. Right after that, they go back on the road in the SEC with their, their first SEC game of the year at South Carolina on and September 16th. And like a tougher game right now, right? After beating NC State, um, I think NC State, I don't know by how many points they were favored to win that game, but they should have definitely won that game. Um, I thought Kentucky's schedule looked pretty looked pretty solid this year, not having to play some of the big boys. But the uh, South Carolina game looking a little bit tougher. Uh, we'll see how these some of these teams do. Last year, Kentucky got better as the season went on. Louisville got worse as the season went on. Very true. Maybe they flipped the script. Yeah, it's very early. That's one thing I saw on, on uh, somebody's – somebody had tweeted. It's early. <laughs> no, Steve. Somebody had tweeted, Louisville's football team looks like a bunch of rookies. And I felt like saying – Well, half of their offensive line is. Yeah, I felt like saying, well, rookies are 23 and 24 years old normally. These guys are 18 and 19. So, yeah, they should look like a bunch of rookies. They haven't played – an actual game yet, other than an inter-squad scrimmage. Um, so we'll have to wait and see how everything pans out for, for Louisville and Kentucky and Indiana. Indiana, as I said before, uh, we are the, the station here locally. If you live in the Louisville, southern Indiana market and you want to follow the Hoosiers, 1450 AM, 96.1 FM, WXVW, we are the, the, the way to go for staying up to date on everything in the, the world of Hoosier athletics. Our man Matt Dennison does a great job of um, not only the high school football and basketball and baseball scene here in the southern Indiana market, but also you know everything in the world of Hoosier basketball, Hoosier football. Keep in mind, college football is just getting started, and it's an exciting time of year. College basketball is right around the corner. It is. And I don't know if you guys are aware, but this market – yeah, they like the college basketball. <laughs> a little bit. Just a wee bit. Less over there's a Duke fan. I'm not getting in the college bas- basketball until... Until it's actually the until season. Until February. Until... What? Seriously? Until February. <laughs> no. Conference play starts around, you know... When, when, car- when conference play uh, rolls around, we will be completely engaged here on the Weekend Sports Buzz. As you know, every Sunday we come at you 9 a.m. to 11, talking everything in the world of sports. Been on the air for over five years now. Uh, it's a very consistent, one of the longer running shows in the Louisville, Southern Indiana market. In the country. In the country, one of the longer running shows. Right up there with Jim Rome. Yeah, I mean, Jim Rome and I are known as rivals. Be sure to stay tuned. Myself, Kelly Patrick, alongside Steve Driver, Les Abbott. We will be back with more of the weekend sports buzz.
Welcome back to the Weekend Sports Buzz here on 96.1 FM, 1450 AM, WXVW. Plenty to talk about in the world of sports as we are on the cusp or the end of the first week of college football season. Uh, Steve and I actually had our, our we're, I, th- I believe we're both only in one fantasy football draft. Yes. Fantasy football league this year. Our draft was yesterday. Live draft. Live draft, and that's kind of cool. Over the years, I've been playing fantasy football since, uh, I think, 2004, so a long time. But I've gotten to the point where I only now want to do one draft a year, one league a year, and I like the fact that this league, ran by our man Chris McIntosh, is uh, an in-person draft. So it's a great experience to get together, actually have the big board. You've got a a pre-printed sticker with somebody's name on it. You get to pick pick and and let everybody know who you've chosen. How do you think you did? Ah, Difficult to tell. I think I reached in the second round. For those of our listeners who don't know, I I, I believe I had the fifth pick. Fifth pick in the draft, Steve had the third. I'm sorry, the fourth. Yes. The fourth. I got LaShawn McCoy at, at, at five. Steve went Julio Jones at four. Yeah. Uh, in the second round, I got uh, I got uh, Leonard Fournette. Now you had the leave early. I you, did. You told me who you wanted next. I did pick them with a little. You know, I put a little bit of my own twist on things. But so if you win this league, do I get like ten percent? We threw a hundred dollars in. I think the winner will get like what is it, eight hundred dollars or something. Second place gets something. So what do I get? <laughs> Basically, what's in it for me, Kelly? Nothing. A handshake. If I win, I'm, I will say, if Danny Amendola comes through and has a big end of the year for me, I'll say, thanks to Steve and his brilliant help, uh, but you're not getting any cut of my winnings will whatsoever. You, will you post this on social media, or are you just going to tell me personally? Right now? No. Or if it happens. No, I'll acknowledge that Danny Amendola carried me, which I don't see happening, or Tyrod Taylor carrying me. Keep in mind, Steve, by the time I left the draft, my starters were squared away. I told you, get the Seattle defense for me. Get the best defense on the board because my starters were squared away. I got three good running backs early. And my receivers, I feel very good about. Martavius Bryant for the Steelers. Uh, Crabtree for the the Raiders. I also got Derek Carr in the, I believe it was the (laughs) sixth round. I felt like I got a, a great... Steal of a pick with Derek Carr so that you're late. pretty confident, all right? I, I feel good. I mean, LaShawn McCoy, Leonard Fournette, keep in mind, I did reach a little bit for him. I got Demarius Thomas in the third round. Carlos Hyde in the PPR league is not necessarily the best fit, but I, I feel good about it. And then hurt a lot. Yes. Martavis Bryant, Michael Crabtree are my receivers. Paul Perkins, the running back for the Giants. And then in the one, two, three, four, five, six, eighth round, I got Derek Carr, who, in my opinion, before he got hurt last year, could have easily been the MVP of the NFL. He could have. And I got him in the eighth round. That's my quarterback. So, yeah, uh, thanks, Steve. But I got my starter squared away before you even got involved. Thanks, but no thanks. Thanks, but no thanks. Oxmoor Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram Buzzline is 502-384-1450. We encourage you to give us a call. We're actually going to head to the Buzzline now where we have caller, caller Liz is on the line with us. Liz? We're working out the kinks there. Working out the kinks there. Just a moment. Uh, looks like we may have lost Liz. But if you're listening, Liz, please give us a call back five zero two three eight four fourteen fifty. I've never heard from Liz before, Steve. No, not, not a ton of female callers in the history of the weekend sports was, but we have had a few. 
Yes, we have. What, what is your? I'm I'm a ladies' man, so. You're a ladies' man. Yeah. So that's how you get. I think most of the women call in for me. Is that right? Yeah. I mean, look what you're wearing. <laughs> you obviously can't. Be what is wrong with? Uh, keep in mind, I'm wearing a very stylish. You know, over the years, NFL apparel and football apparel has taken a shift from being just guy type stuff. Yes. Uh, to being a little bit more stylish, so you're not embarrassed to wear it into an actual social setting. And I think what I'm wearing right now is it is the... a woman's sweatshirt. Is that what you're? Is that what you're... No, no. It, it is. It looks like it's obviously a male shirt, but it's stylish. I mean, it's a it's a a, a hoodie. It's the Bengals. It doesn't have the the obnoxious orange everywhere. It looks like you just got out of prison. No, it doesn't have that. It has mostly uh, some. Very stylish gray and and uh, a little darker gray and lighter gray with a little bit of orange on the back, right? That's it. But the Bengals uniforms are so damn ugly. I'm a Bengals fan ever since I was born, and to wear a Bengals shirt, I mean, where are you going to wear that to? Yeah, just a bar maybe. Just a bar to get hammered on a Sunday and then stumble home somehow. And I mean, you're not going out and picking up any chicks wearing something like that, are you? No. You're really not. How, how do you feel about the Bengals? With, with this shirt, I feel like I could do really well. Well, <laughs> we'll find out halfway through the season, right? I, f- I feel that the Bengals uh, have as much talent as anyone in the NFL. I know they lost Whitworth, and they have some offensive line problems. We'll have to uh, wait and see how, how that shakes out. But I feel that the depth at running back, uh, not only the, 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 the duo they've had, over the past few years, Giovanni Bernard, Jeremy Hill, but they also have Mr. Class Act, Joe Mixon, who I think could be their number one back this year. He could be, but how do you feel about the Bengals always taking the shadiest players? I mean, if you're going to do it, go with it. Occasionally, it may turn into a Super Bowl. I'm convinced Marvin Lewis, when he was the defensive coordinator, who was the head coach at the time for the Ravens? His name is escaping me right now. Um, but when they, that's what they did. They had... Um, Sam Adams. Brian Billick. Brian Billick, exactly. They had Sam Adams. They had Saragusa, right? I mean, they, they had Ray Lewis. They didn't have Ed Reed yet. But when they put together that team, it was a similar recipe to what the Bengals are trying to recreate right now. So I'm going to draw that type of comparison. Oxmoor Chrysler, Dodge Sheep and Ram Buzz Line is 502-384-1450. Looks like we have Liz back on the line with us. Uh, looks like we lost Liz. Okay. Yeah. That's all right. If, if, you, if you can call back in, uh, we'll, we'll get you involved in the action. No problem at all. Liz, uh, we would love to hear back from you. So if you're going to go shady, though, you might as well go all the way in. You might as well. I mean, uh, 10 years ago, <laughs> 11 years ago, or 12 years ago, they drafted Odell, uh, Odell Thurman and David Pollock in their first, with their first two picks. And then in the fourth round that year, Chris Henry. That was 12 years ago. That was, I believe, in the 2005 draft. So have the Bengals really changed their formula much in that amount of time? No, they took Joe Mixon, the guy who uh, brutally punched and laid out a young girl. So 12 years later, they're doing the same thing. Chris Henry, everybody you know, uh, knows how his tragically his life ended prematurely, but very talented. I mean, remember, it, it, for a certain period of time, Chris Henry was one of the best actual deep threats uh, in, in the game. They've got John Ross, who doesn't have any back yeah, story to so him. Wait, he's just you, one of the fastest guys in the league. I think he's hurt right now. 
But um, they've got A.J. Green. They've got Tyler Eifert, who I think could have a breakout season. What are you trying to say, though? Or are, a, a are comeback you, season, if you will. Are you willing to give shady players second chances, second and third and fourth and fifth chances? Or I am. Do you just want to win? I want to win at all costs. I don't want I don't want choir boys. The Patriots do it with, with choir boys, but occasionally. Yeah, not all the time. No, no, exactly. Their foundation, their offensive line is choir boys. Not choir boys, but you know what I mean. Guys who went to good colleges and graduated from college and this and that. Uh, but they always sprinkle in a few, a Corey Dillon, a Randy Moss. Aaron Hernandez. <laughs> well, he wasn't that bad of a guy. But you have Pac-Man Jones and Vontez Burfitt. Is there any... And Joe Mixon. And Joe Mixon. Is there any point where you just draw the line? No, and... not for me. Nope. I want wins. Uh, I'm not a moralist. I'm not trying to impress anyone. I'm not the best person in the history of the world. I don't need to pretend like I am. I don't need my football players pretending like they, they are. They're savages. These are uh, Vikings. I mean, these are animals. That's why it's appealing. That's why we watch it. Lawrence Taylor, best linebacker, most devastating linebacker to ever play the game. He smoked crack at halftime. If you read his book, he's, he would smoke crack at halftime. I feel like you almost enjoy players that have a little bit of a... In a way, I do. Avante's perfect. Now, one thing that there is a line that they can cross. Last year in the playoffs... Perfect and Pac-Man Jones ruined against the Steelers. Les, remember this? Yeah, I remember. <laughs> you remember, Steve? Was that two years ago? Or that was two years ago, right? That was two, that was two years. Right, so you're talking about the the hit on Antonio Brown? Yeah. Right? Yes. Yeah, that, that was, was two years. Where ago. you almost yes. killed him? Yes. That is unacceptable. Obviously, if you're going to ruin the game. Um, that's a different thing. But how long is Vontez suspended for? He, Four games? He's always diving at players' leg, like quarterbacks' ankles and knees. I know this recent hit, they said. That was not uh, – he didn't deserve to be suspended for that. But the reason he's he's suspended for so long is because he has a history of this stuff. You know? It's like when I went to high school, I got in trouble for everything. I was always getting busted for everything. Should do a little party in, maybe drink a little bit, skip school, busted. Okay. Uh, maybe I'm involved with somebody who paintball, you know, shoots the athletic director's house with a paintball gun. Busted. Okay, but then I get busted for something pretty minor, and they say, "I'm sorry, you've got to leave the school." Very minor infraction. Yeah, you've got it. Good luck. You got to go to another school. So I, I, what I'm saying is, I can relate to Vontae's perfect. All you need is a second chance, or a third, or a fourth. Look, yes. Look at you now. You have two kids. <laughs> Um, you're well respected by a few, and <laughs> a few, and you're healthy, and you have a radio show. Yeah. But back in the day, you were Joe Mixon, Pac-Man <laughs> no, I... Jones. No, I, I wasn't quite. Um... Is that the biggest trio of thugs in the history of the league to be on one team? I don't. I don't know. I'm sure there's some others that could compete very well. Should you know? they sign Alden? Should they somehow acquire Alden Smith? Yes. I feel each year we need to, before the NFL games start, we need to make our picks for who's going to win the Super Bowl. Absolutely. I, I would like to see an AFC representative and an NFC representative. And uh, I would like for us, the three of us to all make our picks. Les, are you prepared to do this? You want to get us started? I was born ready. Oh, my goodness. Very confident. He sounds pretty confident. Les Abbott. Okay. Les, what? Who's your? Let's start with this. He told us on break something about the Jaguars. <laughs> okay, well, he, he was hold it. on now. Hold on. <laughs> All right, Les. Who, who's your your? Who's gonna play? First off, 
what two teams are going to meet in the Super Bowl this year? I want to start off by saying that for good reason, the Patriots are going to be favored to win the Super Bowl. And for a good reason, you know, they've improved over the offseason. They made some very nice picks. Um, and the, they've with what few draft picks they had, they um, they made do with it. They made some good signees, Gilmore, uh, Brandon, Brandon Cooks. But and they look to have improved. However, I'm not picking them to win the Super Bowl this year. I'm gonna go out on a limb and say the Green Bay Packers are going to win the Super Bowl this year. Hmm. Okay. I look what Aaron Rodgers did in the in the second half of the season last year, almost willing them to victory week in and week out, and pretty much ran out of gas in the NFC Championship game. You know, couldn't keep up with that Atlanta offense. I look at some of the players they've drafted. Kevin King out of Washington, I really like him. He's, I think he's a good corner. I mean, yes, he's a rookie, and yes, he's going to need to get some seasoning for some experience. However, I think he's ready to make an immediate impact already. I'm looking at their, um, their main objective for them is that they have to slow down the running game. That was their big weakness last year, and um, they have to add some meet up, kind of some meat up front. They drafted uh, Montrevious Adams out of Auburn. And um, so Packers Patriots Packers Patriots. If it's a if it's a Rodgers versus Brady matchup, I'm gonna have to go with Rodgers on this one. Really going out on a limb there, <laughs> in a quarterback driven league. I mean, it's difficult to argue yeah, with that. Yeah, I mean, it very well could happen. Yes, I know Kelly likes to roll the dice a little bit. I'm really curious to hear hear who he has. Uh, I, I'm ready to make my pick. Did you pick your two teams out of a hat yet? That's not how it works, Steve. Um, I'm a realist. I know I'm held accountable to my predictions. And I come on the, the airwaves of 96.1 FM, 1450 AM, WXVW, and I make the most accurate predictions based on the information available to me. Okay. I mean, this isn't a joke. Steve, can I hear your picks, please? Oh, you want to hear mine? You, you want me to go first? It, it almost feels like you're still thinking about them. I'll go first. Though. I'm, <laughs> it feels I'm like first. I'm still thinking. Are you yes. kidding me? No. Um, I, no. I like... I think with the addition of um, T.J. Watt in Pittsburgh, wow! I, I think they have three great linebackers. To beat the Patriots, you need somebody that could rush the passer but could also score with you well. Um, if Le'Veon Bell stays healthy, I will take the Steelers to make the Super Bowl, and they will play the Atlanta Falcons. The Falcons will make it back to the Super Bowl. I know the Panthers um, – blew it last year and all these teams that go to the Super Bowl end up sucking the next year but I think the Falcons have um, a nice well-balanced team to make it back and Matt Ryan is hungry after that devastating loss last year in the Super Bowl um, give me the Steelers over the Falcons okay um, I know this is a, a very controversial prediction but I think the representative from the NFC will be the Dallas Cowboys. And from the AFC, it will be the Cincinnati Bengals. I knew it. I knew it. You knew what? The Bengals. That everybody's writing them off. Everybody's feeling uh, since Andrew Whitworth is no longer the starting left tackle, they're going to lack uh, continuity on the offensive line. Or no. Kevin Zeitler. Or Kevin Zeitler. Yeah. You know, since your Browns got him, you think all of a sudden he was, the, oh, my God, Hall of Famer, right? No. The Bengals will come out of the AFC – Cowboys will come out of the NFC. I wish the Bengals would win the Super Bowl. Unfortunately, my pick is for the Dallas Cowboys to win the Super so, Bowl in so 2000. Not only will Marvin Lewis win his first playoff game and Andy Dalton. Yes. They will win 
two to three after that. Exactly. They will. Andy Dalton's being written off, but if you compare his statistics um, through the beginning of his career to many historical quarterbacks, he's actually on pace to be an all-time great. Well, with the... um, Inflated numbers of today? Yeah, Yeah. okay. But even compared against guys of today, less, I don't have the numbers available to me, um, but, but if you sit good. and crunch the numbers against his his uh, his the, the guys from his class or recent years, yes, I mean he's on the cusp of taking a step forward, and he has John Ross, he has AJ Green, he has Tyler Eifert, who will hopefully stay healthy. I mean that freakish couple years ago Pro Bowl accident. Keep in mind the, these weapons the Bengals have are very formidable. I'm with you that they could surprise some people. I, I think they should make the playoffs. Um, I think Andy Dalton's a solid quarterback. A lot of people hate on him. But you have three running backs, some weapons on the outside, a decent secondary. Um, if Fontes Burfecht doesn't you know, hurt anybody else, he should be playing. Well, he... Pac-Man, he should be playing, right? Yeah. I mean, keep in mind, Pac-Man's a, 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 a guy, third cornerback. I mean, he's, he's valuable because he returns punts. Who's your favorite player on the Bengals? AJ Green. Are you sure? <laughs> yeah, I, I've got to go with AJ Green. You were telling me before the show how much you love Pac-Man Jones. I I'm, do like I'm Pac-Man. That up, I, I, I was. I, I, I <laughs> um, Pac-Man's a very valuable veteran uh, presence in that locker room. He's good too. And he's he been is in the good. Long time, right? He's been in the league for twelve years. I mean, that doesn't happen very often. Say what you want about him. He's slightly short-tempered. Uh, off the field, he's been known to have a couple brush-ups with the law on occasion. But he's been in the league 12 years. That doesn't happen on accident. And he can still lock down some receivers. Yeah, I mean, he's not the best shutdown corner in the league, but he's consistent. And, and uh, this this team has, has talent on both sides of the ball. I think overall, the Bengals will surprise many people. Oxmore Chrysler, Dodge Jeep and Ram Buzzline is 502-384-1450. Be sure to give us a call. Get in on the action this morning. Some NFL updates. Um, Teddy Bridgewater is going to start the season on the PUP list, and that gets pretty complicated because he will be eligible to come off the PUP list after six weeks or six games, and then he would have five weeks to return to practice, and then they'd have to activate him within three weeks. So did you write all that down, Kelly? Yeah, thanks. Um, The Patriots traded third-string quarterback Jacoby Brissett. As you remember, he did play some last year. Horrible Um, move. Absolutely horrible. Who, for the Colts? Yeah, that's a horrible move. I mean, because they traded a first-rounder, wide receiver, Philip Dorsett, University of Miami product. Um, And Edelman just went down, so you figure they need all the weapons they could get. So now they have speedster Philip Dorsett, and all they gave up was Jacoby Brissett. So, um... Um. Brissett, Brissett should um, – it doesn't look good for Andrew Luck if you're trading for a quarterback. And Andrew Luck, you know, expected to be back this year. Probably won't start week one, though. Well, the, what I don't like about this move at all is that, you know, being a Colts fan is that Brissett looked good in the, their final preseason game. He did. But he's also in a very quarterback-friendly system in New England. So pretty much the Colts are trading a former – a Speed receiver to a offense to a rival offense that predicates on speed receivers 
and they're only and they're getting a quarterback that the Patriots were never going to use in the first place in Jacoby Brissett, and he's not going what? to live up to what they're going to want him to do in Indianapolis until Andrew Luck returns. Yes, once he once he goes back to the backup role, it's really not going to matter if he's not playing. But he's not going to win games. He's not going to look like he looked for the Patriots for the Colts. It's you not- look at the Patriots. I mean. Matt Castle looked a lot better. Jimmy yeah, Garoppolo I mean, yeah, looks a lot better. Everybody knows this. It sounds like you're disappointed that the Patriots are get, just get better and better. Anytime As you're, you're kind of am. Yeah. Anytime you when I'm a Bengals fan, lifelong. When the the Patriots got Corey Dillon, immediately I was like, oh great, <laughs> he's gonna ball out, right? Yeah. Anytime your team trades with the Patriots. Yeah. You automatically know you got or burnt. Or the Browns cut Joe Hayden and the Steelers signed him. God, what about that? What about that? You know he's going to probably You're right. It, it, be it, decent, the right? NFL thrives on parity, quarterback-driven league, but one of the main recurring themes is there are such things as great organizations and piss-poor organizations. Are the Colts a piss-poor organization? They look like they are. <laughs> they won a Super Bowl. They're in very, very bad ownership. Listen, when okay, it, right? And, and you're, say? you're, yep. yes. He likes to party. I'll give him that. You know, I'm sure he's a fun guy to party with. You know, I don't he's know. a fun guy to party with, except for the one woman who ended up dead at his house. Aside from that, great partier. You know, I don't really party, so I, that just means we'll probably not get along too well either. But you and Ursay? Yeah, probably not. Wait, when did that girl show up dead at his house? Could you look that I, up for me? I don't me? know that, Kelly, and nor do I care very much you don't care that the owner of the colts had a girl partying at his house and showed up dead they expect you think that's normal they expect andrew luck to be back at some point in the season and i think they don't want to have a terrible record when they still want to be shooting for the playoffs so is it scott tolzine are you gonna roll with tolzine that was reported for on the first april six 7th games of 2014 april 7th of 2014 jim or <laughs> doing some serious partying well just a little too much partying girl's dead I like how you just dismissed every, everything I said, just waiting on. <laughs> I'm just saying, uh, the ownership, it, it's a trickle-down effect. Do so you, you think Frank Gore and, and the, the, the Colts have a chance? I mean, I don't have their, no, their schedule but, in front of me. But Jacoby Brissett was probably going to be better than Scott Tolzien, right? Is he? I don't know that. I don't know because – Jacoby Brissett is an athlete. And that will help him with the poor offensive line that or the – or should I say young and developing offensive line, you know, with Ryan Kelly starting – he's starting off the season on the injured reserve list. Um, LaRaven Clark and uh, Joe Haig are still young and developing. So, I mean, who, who, they're going to need somebody to be able to move around back. Who are the Colts competing with in the AFC South? Titans, Texans. Texans and Jaguars are the other. Who's yeah. the quarterback for the Texans? It was probably it's be Deshaun gonna, Watson or Tom Savage. Tom Savage is starting the job. season, yeah. Okay. But it, listen, terrible management or owner Jim Irsay, he's terrible. They had Grixon, he sucked. I think Chuck Pagano isn't good. He's you don't? Not, he's not a good head coach, no. They've been underachieving, but, you know, I think one of the better arguments for how valuable a player is is how good are they with that player and how bad are they without that player. Andrew Luck has certainly looked valuable in the last couple of years, right? Yeah. Les is giving you a thumbs up. How valuable, if you ranked, if you had to start a franchise of the NFL, obviously quarterbacks are very important. This is very different than fantasy drafts. Because quarterbacks, you can take them a little bit later and be fine. But to have a great quarterback for an NFL franchise is huge. Hell, Les picked, look at my picks too, but you picked uh, Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady to meet in the, the Super Bowl. 
you picked Ben Roethlisberger and Matt Ryan and Matt Ryan to meet in the Super Bowl. Where would you draft Andrew Luck if you had to pick? What, what, what on your big board? Where does he rank? Is he healthy? Healthy Andrew Luck. Draft him out of quarterbacks or players in player, general? Player. Okay, let's say quarterbacks. Top 10. Top 10? I think he's just outside the top five. Okay. You guys care to rank your top five? Mine's going to be very unpopular. Very unpopular. Let's hear it. Um, My number one is Aaron Rodgers. Okay. My number two is Tom Brady. Three is Drew Brees. Four is Ben Roethlisberger. Actually, maybe I'll disagree and say maybe Andrew Luck is right inside the top five. Who's getting screwed over there, Steve? Uh, I mean, difficult to argue with it. So it's a toss-up. The Cam, top Cam Newton probably be up. What about there, Cam right? Newton? Is he going to have a bounce back year or what? That's what I'm, I mean. I'm guessing that's what the Panthers are hopeful for. I mean, drafting McCaffrey that adds him another weapon as well too. How how legit is McCaffrey going to be as a as a rookie? He's a real deal. Well, okay, what other rookies are going to have big impacts? For the Panthers or <laughs> across the NFL? I'll tell you. Uh, Leonard Fournette, is he going to have a big year? That, yes, J- I, I hope. I drafted him on my He's fantasy. Beat up. What, you, what, Lee, what, what round did you draft him? I drafted him in the second round. Okay, me too. <laughs> that makes me feel good. You're just justifying your, your pick. <laughs> you yeah. think you took him too early. I, if he said third round, I, I feel like maybe I reached a little bit for Leonard Fournette. But I, for some reason, I feel he, he's uh, potentially going to have a big year. It's a gamble. That's why I drafted drafted depth, okay? Steve? Fair enough, man. A couple uh, players, a couple rookies that I'd like to say that a lot of people may be sleeping on. Of course, I want to give a shout-out to the local PRP product and Taewon Taylor. I think he could have a pretty good season for the Titans this year. And another receiver that I don't hear a lot of people talking about is Chris Godwin of, of the Buccaneers, the rookie out of Penn State. Big yeah. physical receiver, yeah. think could have a really good impact for Jameis Winston, whose offense just keeps adding weapons in this offseason. So. Deshaun Jackson is, uh, when he's on, he's one-of-a-kind Randy Moss-type finish, finishing power. Deep threat, yep. I mean, as deep of a threat as has been seen in the NFL in recent years. Am I wrong? He's not, he's not a, a, an A.J. Green or a Calvin Johnson or one of those big physical guys. He's the speediest guy I've ever seen. Are you... Are you uh, rethinking your Cowboys Super Bowl pick? Is this what's going on? In favor of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? Yes. No. I do think the Buccaneers will surprise a lot of people. What about Marcus Mariota in Tennessee? Those two quarterbacks are poised to have big years. Jameis Winston and Marcus Mariota. Absolutely. I don't think both of them will. Um, Tennessee's pretty loaded up. They should have a really good defense. They have a bunch of weapons. Um, DeMarco Murray, Derrick Henry. They're both young quarterbacks that should have good years. I don't know. I can't predict the future, Kelly. <laughs> I know you think I'm in the magic and stuff. but You are, actually. Do you, you believe in what – just at first gl- glance, what are your thoughts on tarot cards? I've never had the – I've never even gone to – I know. you. You. That's okay. Silly, okay? Silly? Yeah. Do you, if, you had, if you went what, and had a reading – What's next? If you went and had a reading, would you put any stock into them? No. Okay. I don't believe you, but that's okay. I I wouldn't, I promise. Have you ever had your palm read or anything? No, I have not. Les, what are your thoughts on magic? I really wish you didn't ask me that question. Oh, God. (laughs) Do you Um, believe in ghosts? 
that's one of those topics. I'm not going to say they do or don't exist. Wow. <laughs> okay. Less sounds like he's pretty in the ghost. <laughs> Less is obviously hiding something. My house is haunted. Seriously? No. Uh, that'd be awesome. That, <laughs> that would be awesome. That would be awesome. But you obviously do. Have you ever had a tarot card reading, Les? No, but I've had my palm read. <laughs> I got talked into it by a certain individual who I'm not going to put on blast on the radio right now. Okay. Um, Did she, you? She knows who she is. Uh, what were your thoughts on the palm reading? Did you uh, read anything into it? Was it accurate? Was the palm reader, did they say things like, you have someone very strong in your life? They uh, did. Okay. You, you have somebody very strong in your life that that's a sense that they're fading. They're not in your life like they once were. Or something like that. Did they were they accurate? Were there predictions Pretty and their vague predictions? Were there was there analysis of your life? Was it accurate, Les? She was very accurate in describing me as a person, but that really just comes with a skill of just reading people, which is kind of a skill in its own right. Was she attractive? Yeah. No. And if she was, my girlfriend was sitting right next to me, so I really didn't want to say anything. How long have you been with your girlfriend, Les? <laughs> About three, be three months and a couple days. So. Okay. Three-month anniversary coming up. You know, I, I guess if that's something to celebrate. Okay. <laughs> you tell us. <laughs> <laughs> well. Uh, we're, we're pretty great. So, I mean, I'm, I'm happy, but I'm not, not rushing into anything by any means. So. Oh, okay. Well, back to college football. Indiana had a good showing against Ohio State this past Thursday. Um, I mean, it looked at halftime they were beating the Buckeyes. They were, yeah. September 9th, next Saturday at 3.30, IU plays at Virginia. 96.1 FM, 14.50 AM, WXVW is where you can listen to it in the Louisville Southern Indiana market. Be sure to stay tuned. Um any uh, fallout from the Kevin Wilson connections? Do you think that's why they did so good against Ohio State? Uh, I think they just have a good coordinator or head coach right now. Um, they came into the game with a good game plan. Like I said, I expect them to win about seven games this year. I think they're going to be pretty decent. Okay. I would expect them to win on the road at Virginia. Um, but on Ohio State's part, JT Barrett, they got this big game against Oklahoma. It all comes down to him. Uh, I told my brother when we were watching the Indiana-Ohio State game that I'm not going to be surprised if we lose any game this year just because you have no idea what JT Barrett's going, going to do. He's not a threat to run the ball. He, he's, uh, he doesn't get the ball out of his hands very quickly. He's not that accurate. Sometimes he makes good decisions. Uh, he's a f- Is he a formidable Heisman candidate? I, just because he has bloated numbers from being in an Urban Meyer offense, he'll probably be a top five, top ten candidate. But We have Jake Browning, junior quarterback for Washington. We have uh, Sam Darnold, quarterback for USC. Mason Rudolph, Oklahoma State. Baker Mayfield. Oklahoma. Um, yes. Some good quarterbacks. But JT Barrett is being mentioned as a Heisman candidate. And Steve, our resident Buckeye fan, is not a fan. I think a lot of diehard Buckeye fans that watch every game are not fans either. Okay. I really do. I'd take Lamar Jackson in a heartbeat. I have a question for Steve. 
What exactly about JT Barrett do you not like? He's not a great quarterback, and you know he's not, he can't run the ball very good either. I don't know what he does well. I think the guys behind him are a lot faster. I think in college to be su- successful, especially in that kind of offense that Ohio State runs, a quarterback with speed would probably be your best option. And the guys behind him aren't any worse throwing the ball than than JT Barrett. Um, there's some good guys back there. Les, in your opinion, who's the front runner right now for Heisman? I think after week one, it has to be a – for me, it's a three-way tie, personally. after This is only after week one. I think Lamar's got to be in that conversation right now. Uh, Saquon Barkley and Baker Mayfield. I mean, I'm looking at a Baker Mayfield stats last night. He completed 19 of 20 passes for over 350 yards and three touchdowns. He had a 96 QBR rate or 96.97 QBR rating, which for those at home, the QBR rating is a scale of one to 100, 50 being average. 96.97 is insane, and that's the QBR rating he posted last night. So okay. I think, so I think to me, Baker Mayfield is the front runner after Week One, but whether he's the front runner, it changes so yes. much. Oh yeah, it's it's way too early to say anything. He just Kelly just wanted to hear you say Lamar Jackson. No, if you don't mention Lamar Jackson, that's fine. I, I, I think here locally that is something that is relevant. Uh, I've heard a large percentage of Louisville fans on social media and in person who have said, "To hell with another Heisman Trophy. We don't need a second Heisman Trophy. We need to make the college football playoff." And back to the comments from the instigator. Um, earlier in the show, at what point will Louisville fans hold Bobby Petrino and the coaching staff to that standard? They need to make a playoff. You've said that before the season started. That's the though, that's right? the next step. You're right. That's the next step. That is the next step. You won a Heisman Trophy. You've had exciting offenses with Teddy Bridgewater, and I know that was Charlie Strong, but this Louisville program has had exciting offenses and uh, made some noise here and there with some big wins. The next step for this program, if they want to be considered uh, someone uh, almost like Clemson or, or you know, a, 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 I don't know what the term is in college football, but a bracket buster, a guy who's going to uh, a program that's going to take that next step from being an elite, almost mid-major, but upper tier mid-major, now in a good conference, take that next step to being a blue bud. Um, they they need to. Maybe not win the national championship right now. They need to make the fourteen playoff this year. Now I'm not saying it's this year. Within the next three years. Yeah, they're going to lose Lamar Jackson after this year. Are we all in agreement on that? Yeah, he'll be back. Seriously? Why not? Less. Not if he plays like he did last night. He'll be what? He'll if be he put, he'll be gone. What's yeah, he exactly. Work? Is he going to be a first round pick? The way he play, if he continues the way he played <clears> last night. Very possibly. One thing that stood out to me with his play was how much better and more developed he looks passing in the pocket. He looked very uncomfortable at times passing in the pocket last year. Looked very comfortable. I just don't know if there's a lot of NFL GMs out there that would take him as a pro-style quarterback. Keep in mind, Tim Tebow was drafted in the first round. Fair enough. Johnny Manziel was drafted. Johnny Manziel was drafted in the first round. I liked him, but I wouldn't say he was a prototypical pro star. RG3. It, exactly. RG3 was drafted in the first round. And none of those guys turned out to be anything. <laughs> that doesn't mean... Jamarcus Russell. Jamarcus Russell, but he had the cannon for an arm, right? 
Yes. Yeah. He had all the physical at so that that was similar, but he was he was a passer at least, right? Um, and Johnny Manziel's a passer. I think Johnny Manziel was drawing comparisons by some to maybe Drew Brees, Doug Flutie. Doug, yeah, Doug Flutie and RG three too, because he he had all the, the. Yeah, he was a good passer in college. Um, where's RG three at now? He's playing Canadian Football League. Really? Yeah. Wow. What did I see recently? Did Johnny Manziel get cut from the Canadian Football League? I don't know. No, he's looking to try out for the the Tiger Cats in the Canadian Football. I wonder League. if he even practices anymore. Remember that rookie year that RG3 had for the Redskins? Mm-hmm. I remember the opening game. They beat the crap out of the Saints, and it was just the biggest surprise. He was in that year. He was – I th- did he win rookie of the year? I think he won he rookie, won of, the rookie year, of the year, right? Yes. Yeah. Similar – real similar like trajectory to what Vince Young had. Yeah. In hindsight, what are, what's really that different from what Vince Young did? I think Vince Young, his rookie year, was a pro bowler. He was. He was a pro bowler his rookie year. He, he – he must have won Rookie of the Year. And and then a few years later, out of the league. Yeah. That's wild. NFL's a fickle uh, animal. And the only uh, time-tested formula for success as a quarterback is to be an elite passer. Right? Yep. Now, Michael Vick did have success scrambling. Um, and it doesn't hurt to be fast. In athletic, but you have to be able to pass the ball. Russell Wilson's a great passer. Yes, Tyrod Taylor's even. Yeah, you're right. Tyrod Taylor is an underrated passer. So you compare Lamar Jackson to some of these guys. Is he as as good of a passer as as Michael Vick? That's the question. Or Tyrod Taylor, or RG three, Manziel, Tebow. That's what we'll have to wait and see. Oxmoor Chrysler, Dodge Jeep, and Ram Buzzline is 502-384-1450. Give us a call. What what are your thoughts this morning about Lamar Jackson? He had a big performance last night, 485 yards of total offense. I think he'll be back next year. He completed passes to nine different receivers. He looked good. He looked good. I thought The uh, team looked sloppy. Des Fitzpatrick, he's got some hands on him, too. Some of those balls that I think Lamar kind of throws lasers a lot. He's not – doesn't have the greatest – Not the, the softest. You're right. Not the softest. He just throws bullets, man. Yeah. Um, Which at the end of – the thing is that, that may work in the NFL because yeah. you, 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 you've got to catch those – if the ball's going to hit you in your hands, you've got to catch it. You're right. Yep. And in college, you've got to catch it, too. But obviously, you're not – they don't catch it as much in college. You're not throwing to NFL caliber – receivers if i was him i'd just try to put more and more weight on right so really? he can somehow be have some more durability in the nfl last night it looked like he was trying to truck people wasn't he at times it did at times it looked like they were doing a a, a little fake handoff and then just run it right up the middle or he'd run it up to the outside and try to give people a shoulder it looked like he was trying to run over some people well, they needed to win. That's what I was saying. I was watching it with, with a, a few friends at my house, and I said, if I'm Bobby Petrino, I'm thinking to myself, damn, we better not lose to Purdue. We better not lose to Purdue to start the season, right? Yeah. I mean, obviously you want to win every game, but when you have a quarterback like Lamar Jackson, you can focus on making him an elite passer and uh, continuing to develop his passing 
game. But or, or try to win the game. Or try to yeah, exactly. Am I exaggerating or overly simplifying so it there? You were hoping if I'm the coach in my whole goal, if I'm in the national championship with Lamar Jackson, I'm saying look around, try to get the pass, but hey, no problem if you have to run. Right? Yeah. Right? In college football that works. In college football it doesn't matter if you have a pro pro ready quarterback. If you have a guy that can scramble like uh Lamar Jackson you know, you can you can win the national championship. You can. You have to have a, a crisp uh, uh, game plan in offensive uh, strategy and defensively. You have to have everything working on all levels. You can't just have. But you're right. You can certainly um, um, make some noise and make it to maybe the, the playoff with a quarterback like Lamar Jackson. You could win the title. I mean, Vince Young, not that far off from it. Yeah, a lot of those guys had a better score. No, he, Vince Young had a very elite supporting cast. Be sure to stay tuned. Uh, myself, Kelly Patrick, alongside Steve Driver, Les Abbott, will be back with more of the Weekend Sports Buzz. Welcome back to the Weekend Sports Buzz on 96.1 FM, 1450 AM, WXVW. Just a few minutes left in the show this morning. We appreciate everybody tuning in. We are on the air every Sunday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Talking all things in the world of sports. I'm Kelly Patrick, Steve Driver, Les Abbott. Um, it, we're past the dead period. I mean, we, we almost have a surplus. We haven't even gotten to any MLB talk, although uh, after the... The Chicago Cubs won the World Series over the Cleveland Indians last year. I do feel there was somewhat of a revival in Major League Baseball across the country, even in places such as Louisville, Kentucky, uh, where don't we, we don't in recent years ha- have such a um, sup- such support for Major League Baseball. Right now, September third, two thousand seventeen, the the. Uh, American League East leader is Boston at 77 and 59. AL Central is Cleveland at 79 and 56. AL West is Houston at 82 and 53. NL East is Washington 82 and 53. NL Central Chicago at 75 and 60. So they're still in it. They lost to Roldis Chapman, so it won't be quite as sensational if they make a run. But the team with the best record in baseball today is. In the NL West, the Los Angeles Dodgers. Oh, it's not the Reds? 92 and 43. No, the Reds are, are one of the worst. The Reds did announce yesterday. Announced yesterday. They're, they're picking up the option for manager Brian Price's uh, contract to continue through the 2000. So he signed through the 2018 season. Uh, entering, entering Saturday's game, the Reds are, I guess now since they did lose last night, they're 58 and 78 this year. Better than what you expected, though, right? I <laughs> uh, no. It's Are about you, it's about what it should have been predicted. Are you on the Dodgers bandwagon now? Maybe. Less. You any intrig- teams intrigue you across Major League Baseball right now? Well, one move that definitely intrigued me was the Justin Verlander deal going to the Houston to the Astros. Astros. Yeah. 
That's big. He's is Justin Verlander washed up? No. <laughs> I know he's not. Well, why did this happen? Why did the Tigers give up on him like that? If you look at his numbers, actually, his strikeout, I know his wins and losses aren't, uh, he's not going to win the MVP again this year. But if you look at his ERA, I don't have that in front of me. Could you bring that up, please, Les? Yeah. Justin Verlander right now, I believe his, his strikeout numbers, in, in less if you could also in comparison to other American League pitchers, um, his strikeout numbers and his ERA are doing really well. Where does he rank in the American League in, in strikeouts, please? Um, so it, it looks like out of the NL, if we had to predict today, we'd say it's the Dodgers out of the NL, just based on record. And in the AL, um, it's Houston, who's 82-53. and 53. I will take neither of those teams. Who do you think is going to win it? The Indians. Seriously? I think they're deep, yeah. Okay. I like the Indians. I, I like Francona, the calm, cool hand of Francona. What I also like about Francona is, keep in mind, just about six months ago, there was a scandal involving Francona. He's where he's, just coming back from a big health scare, so please. <laughs> he was sending pictures to a young married woman of himself shirtless wearing a towel. You're obsessed with these off-the-field stories. That's okay. I mean, that's okay. I have the Verlander numbers pulled please. up. He's, um, he's sixth in the AL with uh, 176 strikeouts on the season. Yeah. His ERA is a tad bit high with 3.67. Okay. But sixth in the American League in strikeouts, that's reflective of a quarter, uh, I'm sorry, of a, a starting pitcher who has not lost it. Especially when he's going to be going to a team with as much offensive supporting cast as the Astros have. I mean, they have Correa, Altuve, George Springer, and goes on and on. I mean, he's going to have support in Houston that he may not have in Detroit. Did you see that Lomelo Ball has his own shoe? <laughs> there win his eligibility. What about... Um, I'm sorry, who's the guy who was drafted? Lonzo. Lonzo. What about Lonzo coming out and saying Nas is not real hip-hop? I didn't hear that, no. He came out and said Migos and who else? Future. Oh Mi- Migos and Future are hip-hop. Nobody listens to Nas anymore. Maybe not anymore. I mean, maybe not those people. People still listen to Nas, though. Maybe not of his age group. Les, you're 23, right? Yep. Do people Do people still listen to Nas? Yeah, I mean, several of them still do. I it's mean, like listening to Led Zeppelin. Music is more of just a personal preference anyway, if we're going to be completely honest. So I can't really knock him too hard for that statement. Okay. How old is LaMelo Ball? LaMelo's 16. And he has a Lamborghini. What's the other brother? In his own shoe. Jello, Leangelo Ball. Jello. L- Leangelo, yes. He's just the forgotten one. He's the forgotten one. But, but LaMelo has his own shoe, obviously made by the big baller brand. Yes. I mean, they're doing their thing. They're they're adding exposure. I mean, is 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 Ball Lonzo Ball going to have a good rookie season? He Without should, yes. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's all that matters. If the product is good, then the hype. Because regardless of what you want to say about it, what they're doing is creating hype for him. If he does have a good season, let's say he wins Rookie of the Year, which very well may happen. I mean, he's the type type guy who could average six, seven rebounds a game, ten assists. Absolutely. From the point guard position, eighteen points a game. He could. He could be a really good NBA player. LeVar said LaMelo's shoe takes priority over his eligibility. <laughs> what do you think of that? He's going to play one season at UCLA now. He might not get to play one, though. For Steve Alford. If you're Steve Alford, do you like this? Not at all. <laughs> no. <laughs> How much hate can one family get? They're the Kardashians. They kind of are. In the, in the sports world, and obviously uh, Rob Kardashian 
Sr. was an NFL player uh, in the O.J. Simpson connection. So the Kardashians are will always be, uh, you know, intertwined with the, the professional sports realm. Lamar Odom, um, all the other athletes they've dated, Chris Humphrey, yeah. um, everybody. But if there's a modern-day a, a, a reincarnation of the Kardashians, it's the balls. Yeah, LeVar is Chris Jenner, the mom that runs the show, right? We'll see. I mean, they, they've got to have some substance on the field, on the court, on the field of play. If you're not producing, this all goes for nil. Yeah. So so we'll see. Alonzo should produce, right? I, I think so. You know, another NBA story we haven't really spoke about too much is Kyrie Irving for Isaiah Thomas. A lot more than that. They get the Nets' first-round pick next year, which is, will be a top-three pick. Jay Crowder, the Celtics' first-round pick of this year. Um, so they got quite a bit. Uh, I don't know. At first gonna... glance, will it help the... Cavs. The Cavs beat the Warriors in the finals next year. Because that's who's going to be in the finals. Maybe not, but I don't know if they could have got any more for Kyrie than that deal right there. Jay Crowder, uh, last thoughts? Expect to see Isaiah Thomas pass a lot more. With LeBron playing next to him, he's going to transition to more of the facilitating role that he had when he come, was coming out of Washington. We will still see the scoring in bunches at times, but he's going to take more of a facilitating role when he comes back healthy. I mean, he's. We were here. But Kyrie Irving wasn't so much of a facilitator, was he? No. He really wasn't. So why is Isaiah Thomas going to take that backseat? LeBron seems comfortable, whether it be Dwayne Wade or Kyrie Irving. Because Isaiah Thomas had to score more in Boston. Okay. He wasn't. He was the number one scoring option. He's not the number one scoring option now in Cleveland. That still goes to LeBron James. Okay. Well, they still need points. Down the stretch, uh, who's going to take the big shots? Uh, that, by default now, goes to Isaiah Thomas. Am I wrong? No. Um, and what he did last year was nothing short of um, miraculous, almost. Getting the one seed, uh, despite being, what, 5'8 or 5'7, however tall Isaiah Thomas is. Absolutely amazing what he can do on the basketball court. Now we get to see how, um, in my opinion... In our era, the greatest opportunity to shine and to make a brand for yourself and to truly thrive in the NBA is to play next to LeBron James. Kyrie did it very well, yeah. Kyrie did it very well. Very big. Dwayne Wade did a hell of a job with it. Yep. Uh, So we'll get to see what Isaiah Thomas is really, what, what his ceiling is. We are the Weekend Sports Buzz. I'm Kelly Patrick alongside Steve Driver. Les Abbott, great show, guys. Thank you very much. We appreciate everybody tuning in. Be sure to join us next Sunday from 9 to 11. We will be back. Thank you.